What's up, guys? It's your girl, Victoria, and I am back with another episode of the V-List Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us today. Thanks for your support then, now, and always. (laughs) Uh, Today is Wind Down Wednesday, and I am joined on this episode of the V-List Podcast by a friend who actually had moved away she moved to Florida and then she just recently uh, relocated back to the DMV area and she is uh, largely responsible for my interest and love for wine she is a wine specialist her name is Trina she goes by chick on the scene and yeah she's a wine specialist and in this episode we really were just catching up because she just moved back to the area and so we were just catching up with each other what's been going on and you know the best way to catch up with someone is either over coffee or wine and so we had our wine down Wednesday and it just so happens that she is a wine specialist so we also had this turn into a little educational uh situation because she's very knowledgeable about wine and just where it comes from and the different types and and she educated me because I didn't know that there was a difference between a sommelier and just like a wine specialist or a winemaker like there's such a difference but the wine industry is, if you're a part of that culture, if you're a part of that group, it is very elite. Uh, it's very, it's not very large, which is shocking to me because a large number of people consume wine on a regular basis. But anyway, our conversation was quite interesting and also educational. And so I thought I'd share it with you all for this beautiful Wine Down Wednesday and uh, when you listen to this, you know, go ahead and get your favorite glass of wine or maybe try a, a wine that you've never tried before. But um, if you have interest and you want to know more about wines and what to try, contact Trina at Chick on the Scene, which on Instagram, YouTube, and I believe Facebook, it's at Chick on the Scene. And she will be more than happy to uh, educate you about, you know, just wine. And, and I think her mission is to just educate people about different types of wine and encourage them to try things that they otherwise wouldn't have ever, ever tried. Um, you may end up surprising yourself here's our combo and enjoy happy hump day all right good evening (laughs) i'm here with trina Trina is chick on the scene. Is that still your moniker? Yeah, that's still it. Okay. It hasn't changed. I've adjusted the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Cotter. <laughs> Welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back, Cotter. We have to cling to that. Cling, cling, cling. cling. Oh, yes. yes. Cling, and cling. we are sipping. What? This is a cute bottle. Lana Turner. I don't know who she is. Actress. She was kind of like a big, you know, vixen back in the yeah, day. Yeah, I can tell. I mean, vixen. Okay. And it's a Zinfandel. It's a 2017, and it's from Lodi, which is my favorite region to drink, Lodi. So you know you have to explain all this to me because I know nothing. <laughs> this is exactly why we need you on this podcast because this is going to be a wine education podcast. Oh, yay! So introduce yourself. So I am Chick on the Scene, um, as I am on Instagram, Twitter, and my Facebook page, group page, or what have you. Um, My name is Trina, and I am a wine specialist, a self-proclaimed wine specialist. I am not a sommelier. I do have a... What's the difference? Well, because a sommelier means that I've been to the court of Psalms and the Masters, and I haven't done that. I've tested in the W set, which is a wine, spirits, and educational trusts. 
So I've tested for that and I have my first lapel pin, but I'm about to go into level two. Mm. Which so is, there's like a whole like education, like degree yeah, in like, wine. There are, you can actually get a diploma in wine. You go through all four levels. So I'm going into two next. You can go all the way up to four. At like a college? Like a regular? At school, at a wine academy. At a wine academy. Yeah, you can but, go to Cordon Blue. You can go anywhere. They have okay. specific wine classes that wow. you take. You're, you're doing blind tasting. You're doing um, history. You're doing grapes. You're doing uh, soil. Vines, wow. all that kind of stuff. There's like true, true. I missed it. Like, I should have been in college for that. Right. That's what I'm no, like. No. <laughs> I didn't realize that that was even an option. I but I guess, that that, totally. I, I mean, I guess there's an option for everything, right? Listen, I will count Carlton McCoy as my inspiration for even finding it out. He is only the second African American master sommelier in all of the United States. And really? he's from DC. What? Yes, he is. Poppy Kala. Carlton is from D.C. He was at the Little Nell in Aspen, and now he's moved on to another winery in Napa. He actually left the Little Nell, but I reached out to him when he tested and passed his master's and all that stuff, and he gave me some really great tips on what I should do to get That's into wine like about dope. five years ago. Three, five or four years ago when I reached out to him and I read about him in the Washington Post. And he was so cool on, on, on Facebook. I just messaged him and he replied back and, and gave me tips. So that's how it all, like, that's how I, I further went into wine. Yeah. After He used to work for the government in D.C. And his passion was wine. He decided to step away and, and do some stuff. And that's like your be story. Be an apprentice <laughs> for somebody. And wow. And decided to go for the test. And the test, you, you, you plan for that for like, years people studying for that the tasting and all that stuff if you watch some or if you watch any things on netflix mm-hmm. it shows you the path that they've taken to take the test and stuff wow and how the, your life is not not your life for a good solid one to two years while you prepare for that examination and then like, all there was a around wine yeah there was a scandal where they had apparently the rumor was they had the test and they invalidated everyone's test for last year and you only invite like a certain number and they're saying that they all knew, so they had to retest everyone. And I think of the 29 people, I think only nine people went back to test again. So wait, so is this like... It's secret. Okay. I was going to say, like, it's like... You shouldn't know the test before you do But not just, the, not just the test, but I'm saying you're saying 29 people. So this, there's only like... So you mean like, this is a very small it's select group? It's a very group. small select group. The Court of Master Sommeliers is extremely small extremely like a handful like under a hundred people have ever passed the full master psalm level and what does that what does that get you distinction like you can manage major wine wineries and you you can imagine you can any of the uh michelin star restaurants Mm. you could like basically walk your way in and manage their wine collection million dollar wine collections billion dollar like major wine wine selections wine houses in new york and vegas they invite you in to review and look at their wines and manage their lists or you know sit this is serious stuff it is i had no four billion dollar industry well i would imagine and i I probably have contributed quite (laughs) quite a few of my little my little dollars listen to that four billion because yeah yeah it's but serious. I had no idea that it was so elite. Like that's, it's a that's a real like elite. Um, yeah, it is. It's, no it's wonder great. people associate 
wine drinkers as being you know elitist or bougie or whatever you want to call it i don't think it i don't think anything about that i just i just like wine i don't even know when i started liking wine i just remember like the very first time i think i drank wine i didn't like it and i was like why do people drink this stuff it's gross and then i don't know i just kept drinking it and now i just have like that's that's like i just have an affinity for it and, and sometimes, I, like, I'm still learning. I don't know a whole lot about wine at all. Mm-hmm. But I still am learning my palate and what I like. Mm-hmm. And I'm a very, um, what you call, seasonal drinker. So, okay. you know, during the fall and spring, or fall and, um, fall and winter, I drink a lot of reds. Mm-hmm. Or full body, heavier wines. There you go. And then in the spring and summer, it's like a white or oh, rosé. Yes. Yeah! Yes. And I'm like, okay, but you know what's funny? Actually, last night. I had a, um, I was visiting a friend and I had a Christmas wine that he had bought. Really? <laughs> like a Christmas table wine. He said he bought it at Christmas time and just never drank it. And he, and we drank it and it was delicious. I mean, it was a full body red, but it was and delicious. You sit it for a while and it tastes better. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. Help us. So how, how did you get into wine? Um, you know, I think I did a, a thing about this on my on my Instagram or my YouTube about how it all started. Like living here, mm-hmm. Virginia wine is really big. Yeah, like Virginia is wine, wine is wine. I live literally <laughs> within like ten minutes of about ten wineries. Exactly, Potomac, mm-hmm. uh, Potomac, Potomac Park, Park, Potomac. No, uh, Port, Potomac. Port Potomac. Yes, whatever. Port Potomac. You know what I'm talking. About. There are Potomac. tons. Um, yeah. I, when Without I lived in Lake Ridge, I lived near Paradise Springs in yeah. Clifton. That was my spot. Where did we go Sunday? Effingham. Effingham. Okay. Yeah. That so, just opened. It's new. Virginia. But Virginia, was. yes. So I was dating this dude. <laughs> it's always a dude. Oh my God. In 2010-ish. Right after my first divorce. And we he lived out near, you know, like where the winery was that mm-hmm. I was loving. And he took me out in Purcellville to a few wineries. Okay. And we like Hamilton, Purcellville, Bradenton, out there, mm-hmm. past Ash, past Leesburg. Past, like all past Loudoun County. Amazing wineries yeah. out there. My favorite and is Blue Mont. Okay. Because of the, yes. Because of the, because of the, the, the views. The views. Mm-hmm. Not so much the wine. The wine is okay. Yeah. But there was a winery called Loudoun Valley Vineyards that I was in love with. Bree. I can't remember her last name. She was the winemaker, a female winemaker mm. in Virginia. She made some amazing wines that I fell in love with. And I started talking to her and she took me to walk the vineyard and the vines. And we started talking the dirt and the soil and all wow. that stuff. And it really just, it pulled me in and, and I was sold. Like mm. I was complete sold. And then I started blogging. Um, I And Chick on the Scene kind of like happened out of kind of like a thing. I don't even remember. Like I want to say it was a Biggie Small song, but I can't remember. <laughs> but. <laughs> okay. I don't know. But I just thought it was, it was me and it fit. And, and, and that was how the whole wine thing started. Drinking wine with him. And then we broke up. And then we talked about which wineries we were splitting so that we didn't have to run into each other. Get, wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Because he had, like, memberships. And yeah. he was, like, he had deliveries Like the Virginia coming. Wine Pass. That's how my friend Kelly, yeah. she has the Virginia Wine Pass. And so every winery that I go to is with her. Yeah. And she's always like, oh, yeah, here's a winery. She's taking me to pretty much, I mean, any winery. She's she's the one who's yeah. introduced me to all the wineries. So he and I had a discussion about which wine, <laughs> wineries that I could have and ones that he could have so that we wouldn't see each other. And I just wanted to keep Loudon Valley, Loudon Valley Vineyards. I just wanted to keep that one. I was like, you can have all the rest of them. I just don't want to see you at that one. And he, he was like, well, I like the Tremier there. And it I was like, matter. so do I. 
and I want to keep it. This is the part of the negotiation in the breakup. Who knew? In the breakup. Right. And so, either way, he ordered like a bunch of cases so he didn't have to go there no more. And then I think after that, I think he was just getting shipped to his house so he did not see him. And I didn't see him there. And then I didn't really ever go back out there because it is far, but it's so worth it to experience Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like where it happened. And from there, it led to me just going to like Maryland wine festivals Mm -hmm. and Gold Cup and then the U.S. Polo, the Polo Wine Festivals and way out in Maryland and oh no in Virginia and um and then One Hope happened yeah I remember One Hope I still like One Hope they have great wine they they do they have they have good wine you know <laughs> Napa wine you know <laughs> I, I went out to Napa yeah, I remember on One Hope and it was great and that was a weekend of wine that I will never forget. The wine train, all, yeah. the, all that wine and stuff. And it's good wine, but it's, you know what? As I've grown mm-hmm. and and tried other wines, now my palate has expanded enough that I, I'd be like, yeah, it was good. But mm. have you tried this Portuguese? Yeah. You know, Alicante yeah. Boucher is amazing. <laughs> have you tried this Bordeaux? Have you tried this? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like so in love with Portugal right now. Like all the wines from Portugal are like my thing, really, and and it's just yeah. I kind of I kind of got that I I kind of did that when I went to South Africa. Okay. So when I was in Cape Town, okay, I went to I went on the wine tram, oh, and um, nice. they, like there's like a bunch of wineries in in Cape Town, like in their Frenischek, um region, mm-hmm. I think it's called. And so there's there's a bunch of wineries, but I think the wine tram. Um, I ended up going to like three or four of them, mm-hmm. but there's like a bunch out there you can visit, but. Yeah, I'm kind of like... And what's funny is that I I remember buying a South African wine from Wegmans mm-hmm. a few years, like years ago, mm-hmm. and it was so delicious. And I want to say it was a rosé. Okay. I think it was a rosé. All right. It, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a rosé. But it was a South African wine, and it was like my favorite, you know? So then when I went to South Africa, I was like, oh, I've got to go to the wineries. Yeah, you got to go. I got to go. So I went to Cape Town and went to the wineries, and I still, I just, I don't know. I just think that they're just delicious. And I don't know if it has anything to do with the region it's grown in or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Because even some of their wines are not, I don't think they're all grown there. I'm not 100% Sometimes sure. Sometimes they pick the grapes from other regions and bring them in and, and ferment them there. Okay. And so, they bottle them there. Yeah. But they're still technically South, South African. African. Because remember, all of this is about grapes, and the grapes have been plucked yeah. and transported to all kinds of places all over where you can find a great a grape from France in in Napa you can find most of the time okay so a lot of the grapes that originated in like Italy they mm-hmm. made their way to France so so, so what's the difference like help us okay educate us Tell uh, me. wine master the, I'm not to... a wine well, okay, master. what's your title I said I, I'm a wine specialist. specialist okay because my goal is to make it comfortable for everyone to just talk about wine if we have a tasting we have a, an event and you try wines with me and you try wines that you probably would not have the goal is for you to feel comfortable enough that you can decide do you like it do you mm-hmm. not like it and and whatever else I pour and figuring out how this works with you I can eat this with mm-hmm. I can pair this with yeah I can go into the store and feel comfortable and say okay well I enjoyed a wine called blah 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 yeah do you have something close yeah. to that? Yeah. Like, that's my goal for you because okay. it's so intimidating. Yeah. Especially for people of color. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times when you think about it, when you see the representation, 
it isn't of brown people and why? I was just listening to another podcast, actually, <laughs> about this same thing. Because there was a, um, a, a black guy who used to work for, I think, Ace of Spades or something like okay. that. Whatever the, the liquor company was. Mm-hmm. And he just started his own, uh, he just created his own rosé. Okay. It's called Lafayette, I think. Lafette, Lafette wine, Lafette rosé or something okay. like that. But anyway, it's and it's and it's big in the Northeast region. So, Willow, Bar, DC. Is that Will? Is that Will of Will of something? I have no idea. It's, the, okay. it's not Lafette. I'll look it up. Okay. But yeah, tell me. He was on a podcast and I okay. was listening to it, but he talked about this because he was saying how he spent a lot of time in the south of France mm-hmm. and how people of color, it, when when people market wines, they don't market it to us. No, because they don't think that we, even though we drink it. Yeah. They don't market it to us. And so And we're buying a lot. And I we're mean, buying a lot. Yeah. Women yeah. are buying a lot of wine. We get together more as a group and have bottles all, you know, out. And so that's why it's really important, I think, for more wine specialists to come out who are doing tastings, who are educating people on wine so they feel comfortable, you know, yeah. in, in going to the store and buying it. And, and, and like pronunciations and, you yeah. know, like all that stuff. It's real simple. And, and just being around more people who are discussing wine. There are black folks that got whole sellers of wine. Like, they're paying money, investing, yeah, purchasing bottles specifically for investment. And so it's, I, I think that piece is really important for all of us. There are tons of black women. There's um, Black Girls Wine. She's uh, Shayla. She's based in Richmond. There's Lotus and Vine. She's I know there's in, the sisters, the McBride sisters. The McBride sisters in, in Cali and, and slash New Zealand. Um, there's Lotus and Vine. There's another wine group that's in Atlanta. Um, there's Love Cork. Oh, shoot. Um, she's in Chicago. She has her own wine, and it's in like Target and stuff now. Um, Love Corkscrew. Love oh, Corkscrew, a sister. She's been doing this for a while. There's Theopolis Wine. She has her own wine. She went to ha- ha- Hampton University. There's tons of black folks. There's Andre Mouton. He has his own wine. This guy is, is uh, uh, Donne Burston. Let me see Donne Burston. Oh, right, right, right. I saw him. Yes, yes, yes. Lafette Rosé. Yes. That's his wine. Yes, I've seen his picture. I saw Mm -hmm. that picture. But there's tons of that. And when major wineries and wine companies aren't marketing to us, they don't use our faces on their stuff. They don't, you know, when you see a brown person drinking some wine, it's like, oh, yes. Like, I try to post as many pictures as I can when I do events because we are really doing events and having great times and enjoying the wine and learning and you know, all of that, all of that, and and investing in wine, spend a lot. We do. I know. I, of I, I money. Do. If I don't even, if I, even if I don't have groceries, right? I make sure I have wine. See, look at that. It's <laughs> how many people get? Many I mean, people seriously. can say that. I mean, and it's even like. I, I prefer wine over liquor, even. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's it's something you can drink every day. You know what I mean? Like, to me, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with drinking it every day. Um, no, just don't listen to your doctor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can have one glass yeah. of bread every day. Yeah, and I don't. And I don't have one every day, but I'm just saying it's if and I wanted to. I would not to. judge you if you did you know, it can't, <laughs> at this point, I'm not worried about who judging me for anything. Okay? <laughs> Judge away. Because you got away. some stuff, too. Right, exactly. And if all it is for me is sipping the communion every day. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Judge away. <laughs> because, listen. Okay. No, but I, I, 
I'm starting to expand my palette some too. Like there are, I think when I first realized, okay, I like wine, it was, uh, believe it or not, a red, red wines. Because most people don't start with red wines. They start yeah, with they white. They start with Or like a white sweet. And I, and I was never, I didn't like Zippendale. It gave me a headache early. I just didn't like it. I didn't yeah. like it. I was like, and like, I'm surprised I'm drinking this tonight, actually. It's not a bad Zippendale. But it's good. It was like the white Zippendales and... Moscato, which is not... That is a dessert wine. It is a dessert but wine. let me not... I'm not a snob about it. I understand that for people But it's just way sweet. It's it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. It's high in sugar. Mm-hmm. It's it's just not wine that I personally... Like, I've had... I think you can pour it over cake. And yeah. it's really good over, mm-hmm. uh, over a nice pound cake. It's amazing. <laughs> so... Yeah. There, <laughs> like, I, most people start off with the sweet wines. Yeah. And I... For one, I've just never been, I've never had that affinity. Like, I'll drink it, but it was never my thing. So I started really loving, like, Cabernets and Merlots and Malbec. Those are my favorite. Now, I could take a Malbec any day. Give me a nice full-body Malbec. And then I also started um, really enjoying Shiraz and Syrahs. Okay. And so yeah. those are really Surprise and, my thing. Yeah. And at first, you know, at first I was like, well, what's the difference? And I started like kind of forcing myself to taste the different notes and yeah. like appreciate the notes that are in the wines. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I really knew why I liked it and I could tell what I was drinking. Mm-hmm. And I'm still not, you know, all the way 100% like I but I can tell most of the time if I'm drinking a cab versus a Merlot or a Malbec, you know. Right. But like, what is the difference? Like, so it depends on what exactly you're drinking. Okay, it's because the spectrum is when you start with the whites, um, there are the Pinot Gris, mm-hmm. there's a Sauvignon Blanc. I love Sauvignon Blanc and it, Riesling. And there's a really, really light. The Riesling will have a hint that's a little bit sweeter mm-hmm. because it's it's more European. It's either German. It's really close to the Birch Minor, which mm-hmm. is another which sweet. Is, yes, they used to have that in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And the, um, yes, yes. So it kind of like goes that way and it just all depends and then when you get to like the chardonnay you kind of stop and right there chardonnay you're gonna get the butter and you're gonna mm-hmm. get the heavier kind of um the taste the aftertaste that you have with it, depending on it unless it's if it's a barrel you'll get more butter mm-hmm. if it's stainless steel it'll be lighter yeah it'll be more fruit forward depending on the the, the process maybe more apricot more peach mm-hmm. more melon things like that Viognier, which is a Virginia grape. It's actually the state grape of Virginia. It's I think another I learned white. that at Bull Run. Wine yeah, okay. it's the state, state grape of Virginia. Viognier is really great. I love it here. I've had Viognier blends from New Zealand that were all right. Mm-hmm. But I know the difference between a Virginia Viognier and a, and a European mm-hmm. Viognier because they, to- they totally taste different. And, and is that all, Is that does that have to do with just the processing? It does. It has to do with the barreling, the, the, okay. aging, the aging, how they do it. If they're doing it in stainless steel, the large tins. Mm-hmm. If you go to the wineries yeah. and you mm-hmm. see those huge tins, mm-hmm. floor ceiling, they're doing the Viognier's or doing some of the whites there okay. that way. Sometimes they do the reds there too, but they do them in those and it changes the, the fermentation. It changes the taste of the wine. Yeah. It changes everything. But I love a good Virginia Viognier because it's just like, yeah. yeah. I, that's a white that I'm I'm good with, and I'm gonna grab some now that I'm back. And... <laughs> right, I was gonna Very say. Good. I mean, that has to be good for wine. Okay, I was gonna I was gonna Florida ask. Got no wine. Is it because it's too wet? <laughs> or it's too hot? 
too hot. It's too hot. Really? Can't go anything out there. I mean, you can grow stuff. Like, there were places that had pineapple wine. It wasn't really wine. Hibiscus mm. wine. It wasn't really wine. It was a... They tried... They fermented it up to alcohol, but it wasn't wine wine because there weren't the grapes because the climate mm. is too hot. They can't grow the grapes. The grapes gonna die. So they turn into raisins. They... they I don't even know what they turn, but they don't even try it because it's just way too hot. So is that so? So climate. So what are the okay? What are the climate is important? What are the factors? Like what are the things that topography? Uh huh. Elevation. Okay. Where the where the region is where the grapes are growing, um, and irrigation, water supply, um, sun exposure. Are they you know like on an incline? Are they level? Also, even how they lay the vines. Are they doing them in T format or are they doing them in the vertical? There's different ways to grow vines because if you go to look at Paradise Springs, they do the T vines. Mm-hmm. If you go and look at, say, oh, where's that winery in Manassas? Bull Run. Bull Run. Or, there's another one. Um, there's another one. Effingham. Um, I forgot. It's another one I was going to be a member of. I forgot the name of it. Oh, is it the one that's by invitation only? Yes. It starts um, with a P, I think. Um, yeah, so they have vertical lots. So it just depends. It's also how the grapes are being okay. grown. Also, which grapes they brought in, where the grapes come from. Because a lot of stuff was happening here in Virginia for a little bit a few years back mm-hmm. where everybody was getting grapes from Trump way out in Charlottesville because they didn't have, there was a shortage of grapes in the state of Virginia way back in like 2015, 2014. Mm-hmm. So different people were hijacking grapes and, and From Trump? Out. Yeah, because you know, Trump has a really big winery in Charlottesville. The Trump estate. He purchased that property from somebody else and turned it into his wine. Let me make sure I he never wine. purchased wine. From <laughs> Girl, you got might a name on it already. Oh my god! <laughs> so topography plays a huge part. Um, elevation plays a huge part in how your wine uh, comes out. Um, the just the climate, the weather. Um, like you know, something grown in in Italy mm-hmm. and versus something grown in France on the on, up further in Bordeaux or something they're, they're gonna taste different because it's just the land is different the soil so even is the, the grape could be the same but just totally tasting yeah different. it could be the Which same is true. exact I mean that's grape. even true for wineries just in Virginia because I've yeah. gone to different wineries in Virginia and had you know a Merlot at one place and then go to have a Merlot at another and they taste different they, they have totally different notes and the way that they make them I just think it's so interesting and even the winemakers that are you know playing a part mm-hmm. in how they tweak them because sometimes they do mix yeah they mix they things do. They add a little they add a little of, this yeah. and mix a little of that and you know it's it, it really interesting like and, and it's it is really I wonder like the process that they go through that that helps them decide okay this is how we're gonna do our wine or I wonder if it's just like a, something that they stumble upon or do, or is it like a winemaker's mission to to find to, to differentiate their wine well, when know? I sat with um, Tony I can't remember his last name from One Hope when we were in Napa and he explained how he had learned different methodologies from the Mondavi family that sometimes they would mix a, sh- a Chardonnay and a, or a grape, they might mix a white and a red together and kind of blend them to see mm-hmm. how how it would taste if we just blended some wine mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. see what happens. See what happens. Yeah, and, and just different things like that that they would try to be um, um, 
on the cutting edge of what could actually be for the wines. Mm -hmm. So it could be that. It could be leaving the skins on longer before you barrel. Mm -hmm. It could be not letting the skins on at all and pulling them out fast and barreling. Mm -hmm. It could be something of the sorts of how often you're turning the barrels. Um, when they taste it, what they're doing from barrel to bottling. Wow. All those different things play a part in, in how, how your wine comes out. Taste. How how short of a time. They say like usually you gotta give it five years for an average bottle. Some people like younger wines. Mm -hmm. Some people want wine that's like three years old. Does that do anything for the alcohol content or does it just make the flavors? It's the flavors. Alcohol content. Okay. So let me remember, because I don't want to get it wrong. Somebody be like, no, that's not right. <laughs> um, alcohol content, usually the higher alcohol content ones are the, the reds. Okay. But sometimes you can find some good 14% white ones. You'd be like, hey. Right. Hey. <laughs> right. It's leaning and tipping. Because right. I, I had a 15% um, Australian. A uh, five blend, a uh, five uh, McPherson family. It was called Full Fifteen. This is Cabernet. Oh wow! Ooh, <laughs> it was good. it was no joke. And they also made it in a sparkling form. So it was a Cab Franc Cabernet and a, a Merlot mix of a red, and it was sparkling. Mm -hmm. Amazing! I could get that it only good. from my wine store. And well, no, actually, they told me I could order it on the website. Full Fifteen amazing and so the the red distilled which is not sparkling was also 15.3 percent and we were just so we're like how did they i don't know how they did it <laughs> i mean because that has to do with like the, the alcohol content has to do with the fermentation too right mm -hmm. for how long and the they... grapes that they're using and okay. all that and if, if they use barrels that were you know bourbon or something like yeah, that because I, like I've American seen that a lot thing. okay I was gonna say I've seen that bourbon barrels uh, as of late is that you see a lot of wines that will say aged in bourbon barrels or yeah. aged in whiskey barrels because and they, so because they're just experimenting yeah they're they're okay. playing around they're adding flavors they're adding smoke they're pepper mm -hmm, they're spice mm -hmm. all those things tobacco leaf the burn charred feel of yeah. those barrels because they do burn them out a lot before they put the you know the alcohol in them to get that toasted uh -huh. almond or that toasted tobacco flavor, flavor whatever. Yeah, or that smoke, smoke flavor, flavor. Yeah. they burn the barrels out before they put the alcohol in them huh. yeah. I, think, I mean it's very interesting so what would a wine I guess career or business look like <laughs> for you I'm trying to figure that out right now now that I'm back in DC Okay. that was the conversation today with one of my business mentors like what am I doing now that I'm back in DC? Mm. How, what, what am I doing? How do I do this now? What, I, I mean, I you would think that you would have more opportunity here because of all the wine. You're surrounded by wine, literally, right. here. Versus being in Florida, where you have, you know, have to... I'm sure there's still an opportunity in Florida because people drink just as much wine in Florida as they... I mean, I don't know. They maybe do. <laughs> maybe they drink there. more liquor there. It's yeah. Hot. And so the red wine thing is not a big thing there. Unless okay. it's, I mean, even when it's the one week that it might be cold, it's still very different there. And the also the, the people. People mm -hmm. down there are on vacation. They're real laid back. Yeah. They're real... Mm -hmm. ah, you know, yeah. and here it's just it's different. It's, it's different. a different life. It's a totally different. Welcome back, fresh off ninety five. <laughs> as I said, fresh off ninety five. 
95. Oh my gosh. Not on this part of 95. No, 95 is the devil. So, um, what were you asking me about? So, I was in your wine business. Okay, so I think it depends on what you want to do. Like, I really enjoyed working in the wine store. Okay. I loved it because I'm a people person. Yeah. And for people who haven't tried wines, and they're coming in for the first time, and they're like, well, I don't know what... What I like. What I don't know what I, I like. like. And, the, and then you can pour for them so they mm-hmm. can try things and see what they taste. And then you tell them, well, maybe you taste this, maybe mm-hmm. you taste that, and you pair it with this, pair it with that. I enjoy that educational piece of okay, it. Okay, okay. Um, as far as, like, the tasting piece, my biggest thing now is to just, like, for my business, for Chick on the Scene, is just... just Host more events for people to become familiar yeah. with wine. And I felt I felt like you were really good with that with One Hope. Thank you. I felt like when you were with One Hope and you were here, like mm-hmm. you were in your element. You could tell <laughs> because it was just like you could just tell you were in your element. And I learned a lot. And I like I said, I I think One Hope wines are pretty good. They're yes. pretty. They One Hope is one of the the very few Chardonnays that I could drink because okay. I really don't. I'm not. Which I don't want the regular or the reserve. I've only had the regular. Okay. I don't think I've had, had the, the Carneros Reserve. Reserve was way better. Yeah, see, I don't think I tried that one. But I remember <laughs> trying just their... Like, I remember buying a few bottles yeah. of One Hope. And I thought that their wine was pretty good. It yeah. didn't have that, like, bite afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it was really smooth. No, I and, definitely... I love... Yeah. And I loved being able to introduce that to everyone. Yeah. Like, it, I think it's dope. And I think it's amazing. And it's just like... As time progresses and my exposure to more wines and more overseas yeah. wines and all that stuff is just like, I, but I do. There, there were several like their Trefethen was amazing. Their Carnero Chardonnay is amazing. Their Syrah from two thousand eight is amazing, but you can't find it nowhere no more because they ain't got no more because they stopped making it. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> like their Cab Reserve was amazing. They had some really, really good wines. Their Rosé, their Provence Rosé was really good. Hmm. Um, I don't know if they still have it anymore. So. So, but yeah, I, I, I believe it's it's really important because people socialize with wine. People yeah. attach events of their with life wine. with wine. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I feel like, you know, it's not it's not an elite thing. It no. is something it's a so it is a social is. you know thing. Totally. But to your point, it can be intimidating to people who don't know anything about it or who don't who don't understand it. So they shy away from it, and then they just start drinking hard liquor, Woo. you know. And it's just like, <laughs> like yeah, exactly, like, uh, can we not? Right. No, but morning? it's so easy. Like, I mean, every major grocery store has wine. Has sections. wine. Yeah. You just got to know how to navigate through. You know, people fine. people try to blame the millennials. They try to blame us for everything. Like, oh, you know, these millennials. All of a sudden, they all drink wine. We're like, well, what's wrong with like the old people been drinking wine? Exactly. <laughs> they just mad that we figured out how to make it faster. No, right. I'm just kidding. Like, I mean, the old people been drinking wine and have cellars. Like, you know, it's been going on for ages. For ages. Like, I love going into somebody's house and they have a cellar and it's full of stuff and it's like a treasure chest of years of this like that's and that. that's a goal for me. Like when I, you know, if I ever remarry. <laughs> <laughs> Or, you know, just whenever I, you know, become a billionaire. Yes, yes. And I buy my next home, it will have a wine cellar. No, I feel you. Yeah, I've, I've actually seen wine cellars built into stairs. Yeah. Like underneath, like there, a long So stand. at Potomac Shores, you know, across the street, mm-hmm. there were a few of their, um, the NVR homes that 
they built wine cellars in. Wow. And I think there was a couple in uh, some of the actually some of the uh, model homes wow. when they were when they were model homes. Okay. They they had a wine cellar in, in a couple of them, and it was just like, oh man, it's like yeah. perfect around here. I mean, this is Virginia. Yes. Like, why wouldn't you have a wine cellar? Heck yeah. You know. You but then you could just have all kinds of. Like you said, so it, it's a social thing. It, it is. And it brings people together. It does. Um, and I'm still learning. There's so much to learn. Like, I didn't yeah. know anything about this whole private elite club to become a sommelier. <laughs> I thought, you know, you could just decide just to go. study and say, I'm going to be a sommelier. No, but there's, there's different. There's there's the master songs and then there's the Wine, Spirits, and Educational Trust, which is a school that I go to. And it's okay. based in London. Okay. And they give you, you take a test. Like, you go to class yeah. for several hours, wow. for several weeks. And you wow. do your coursework and you get your book and you write and everything. You feel stressed and you got to taste this. And you go to the wine store and you taste that. And you, you're buying bottles that you need to taste because you need to write about different things that you felt that you that you tasted in, mm-hmm. in that bottle or is it what you smell. You wow. might have to smell it blind. You might have to blindfold yourself and, and smell it and experience it. My instructor at the Florida Wine Academy had her diploma in champagne. Okay, so what's the difference? That's a whole nother champagne. She's an expert (laughs) in champagne. Okay, so champagne's not wine. I thought it was just sparkling wine. Oh, no, because they're sparkling wine. So the only region technically that's allowed to label their wine as champagne is the champagne region of France. When the United States produces a sparkling wine, they can do it in a style on champagne noir, which Mm. is like champagne, but is not champagne. It is still California sparkling wine. Mm. It is not champagne. California does not is not authorized to label their wine as, as a champagne. champagne. So if you're drinking Prosecco, usually that's Italy. Yeah. But anything from California is going to be a sparkling wine. Okay, because that wasn't that was the question too that I had was the difference between like sparkling wine, Prosecco, and champagne. Yeah. So yeah. Because I like Prosecco. I, I like Prosecco. Right. And Some sparkling should... wines are good, mm-hmm. but I find sometimes that they for whatever reason they're sweet. I don't know why. It depends. Like yeah. like, I've had a couple of sweet yeah, like, yeah. But if it's a Prosecco, it's not as sweet. And when you go on a brunch on the weekend, uh-huh. you're not drinking champagne. No. You are drinking Prosecco. Prosecco or, or sparkling wine. wine. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's I usually order chair. Prosecco and St. Germain. Yeah. I'll get a little dash of St. Germain in my Prosecco. But I just mean like when folks are getting mimosas, mimosas it's, it's not champagne. champagne. Just oh, so yeah. you know. Because that would well, champagne. The champagne. And so, what's the difference between champagne and brut? Is that champagne? Brut is still a sparkling wine. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not a champagne. Yes. Yeah. So, see, <laughs> didn't even know. Yeah, and it's great. Like I love it. I mean, it. it's There's good. Yeah. Demi sec. Demi sec is another sweeter version. Yeah. Of of all of the sparklings, and usually, it's it's. Like one hope had like a couple of different mm-hmm. varieties. They had yeah, the flavor yeah. one, the peach one. Yeah, the, I remember. And yeah. they had the ones in the sparkling bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember those. So I also remember going on a cruise once mm-hmm. and doing a wine tasting, and they were talking about like people used to like try to dog uh, bagged or boxed wines. And then people also used to be like, oh, if it has a twist top, it's cheap. But oh. they were saying, like, no, it actually is better for the wine when it's a twist top. That's well, there's heard. a shortage of corks right now in all of the world. Corks. There's an actual cork oh, because shortage. It's, it's, but you know what? I, I saw why I've noticed that the, uh, a couple of wines that I've purchased recently have had styrofoam corks. Yeah, they have those different, like, yeah, it's like that foamy, foamy yeah. yeah. Because there is a shortage of corks in all of the world, and they're asking for you to give your corks back. 
Really? I mean, you can't reuse them because remember, it's a growing plant thing that they cut from and all that. Okay. But around the world, there's a shortage of corks. So that's why wine companies have begun to be creative and either A, do the twisty tops, or mm-hmm. B, do that other styro- yeah. styrofoam or foamy. Yeah, it's like a foam. Fill, yeah, to the wines. But Well, does the cork influence the flavor of the wine at all? The cork helps in the aging of the wines, but okay. it doesn't. It doesn't something really, about the air coming through. Yeah, there's about the air coming through the bottle, it limits it, and then that's why some people get a oh, what's the name of it? The core skin. Uh, I forgot the thing, but it's a sorkin. Uh, I forgot the name, but there's a corkscrew that you can get that leaves the cork actually in the bottle and hmm. you just stick it down in okay. and it you just pour your wine out that way. I forgot what it's called, but it's like three hundred dollars to use oh, it. Oh, I won't to be using that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, it's an investment for those of us yeah. who drink a lot of people buy it because of that. But um so yeah, so there's a cork shortage. And then there's the whole can movement. Cause you know, I yeah. swear I swear it's by a can at the beach. Cause you know, you're I not mean, supposed to have glass at the beach, so you just have your cans in your beach bag or in your cooler. But I guess so those wines will probably just need to be consumed quicker in order to get the true flavor of what they are. Yes. If I you're mean, gonna purchase a wine that has a twist top or a wine that has is in a can. Yeah, versus boy, if you get a can you know you gotta drink it as soon as you open it well yeah yeah well, like yeah, so that's... underwood does a really good job they have a red um they have a, a chardonnay i've had their rose i won't say their sparkling rose i've had i've had all of underwood okay and then if you go to whole foods they got like a whole section of cans right. trader joe's yeah i've cans. seen the cans i've seen the cans even in um even in total wine. Yeah. Cans they have, yeah. yeah, they have like the whole wall of singles. You can try all kinds of single cans of wine in total wine. You can just go grab <laughs> one for five ninety nine and just see if you like it. It's just so interesting to me. Yeah, it's big business. It people. is big business. So wait, so before we wrap up. Yes, darling. So you were saying you just like the educational piece of wine. You you like that. Uh-huh. Um so you would you ever consider like having your own wine? Or creating one? Oh. Like, is that... I, I would imagine that would be a whole process. It has been. Do you have... You don't have to be, like, a sommelier in order to create a wine, though, right? No. Okay. You've got to get with the right people and have the grapes and, and all of that stuff. And okay. there are ways to do it. Do I want to train a wine? I don't know if I want to train wine. Do I want to chick on the scene? I don't know if I want to chick on the scene. I would be cool with my own Syrah. I think I would really mm-hmm. like that. I would like it. I just haven't met the right, I guess, people. Okay. To get that together, to, to get make it pop that happen. To I mean, because I think that would be cool. Yeah. You know, just especially since it's something that you're obviously passionate about and you really love. I love you it. know, why not create something that would be a legacy for you and, you yeah. know, speak to who you are? I mean, yeah. I don't know if there's any such thing as a, a, a bubbly uh, Syrah, but, you know, <laughs> you're a bubbly person. <laughs> like, you're a, you, your whole personality is, is bubbly, so why wouldn't there be a bubbly Syrah? Like, I don't oh know. Oh, my goodness. Is that, that possible? Be, no, there's bubbly. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess you can do what you want with there's wine, right? sparkling Gamay that I've had that was, it was sweet, though, but it was French. Yeah. Gamay. And then, again, the sparkling red that I had that was mm-hmm. Australian. Mm-hmm. That was Cap Franc, Cabernet Sauvignon, and... Merlot, I think, or was it Cab Cabernet Sauvignon, Cab Franc, and maybe it was Petit Verdot. Yeah, I think those were the three that were it was. But like a sparkle. But it had a great bubble finish, and we killed it the other day. <laughs> well, I think it's very interesting. Um, what What would you say? What are your 
top three things that someone who is you know new to wine what yeah. what would what would you advise them to do in order to like help mm-hmm. to um, expand their knowledge. to expand their knowledge and expand their palate or just learn I would say try something new and don't be afraid like if you're in the store and if you ask the wine specialist or someone to make a recommendation for you tell them what you're cooking at night for dinner or okay. where you're going to eat or okay. something um, if you want to cook like a special meal, then Google it. What pairs well with it? I say try new stuff. Like try one new bottle a month. Okay. You'll have 12 bottles that you can say either yay or nay to by the end of the year. Okay. That's try a good a idea. Try a new bottle a month. Try a new bottle a month. A new bottle a month. I would say go to at least one wine festival mm-hmm. and experience the madness. Do a tasting, yeah. Experience the madness yeah. of, a, of, of a true wine festival or yeah. wine event and see the inappropriate drunkenness Listen. of people. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we, that's a whole other topic. Yes, that's a whole other topic. Wine festivals and wine Our, tastings yeah. and, and wine, uh, wine and spirit events and all that stuff. It's like, go to something like that. I would say that's something else that you should do. And I would also say experience at least one time in your life a fine dining sit down with a psalm who actually recommends like a full, a full one wine with your meal. With your meal. One time. Everybody okay. should do that. Everybody should do that at least once. Because okay. I had like some duck meatballs in Manhattan at the W Hotel with pasta and a I wine like that duck. was so amazing that mm-hmm. I, it changed my life. I'll never forget that. I just don't like duck. Yeah. It, it has way too gamey of a flavor for me. Yeah, but duck meat. It's duck though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I've only I've had duck. I was being like, adventurous. Maybe three times, and each time I'm just like, oh, I just don't like. Oh. It's like duck and pigeon. I like crispy duck too. Oh, uh-uh. and, t- and a crispy basil duck. Girl, yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But this has been educational. Um, thank you for chatting with me. Check on the scene. You're welcome. And welcome back to Virginia Wine Country. Oh. <laughs> I know this is not wine country, but. I'm yes, just saying. The DMV, the wine scene, all these the wine places scene. that I have to now find out about all these new spots that have opened. Girl. Gentrify DC. Who? Um. <laughs> okay. Gentrification is real. That's all I'm going to say about that. I'm going to go find all you know, these new wine uh, spaces. Where, where was I today? And I said, oh, this area is next. I think I was somewhere out in Northwest. Oh, really? I was, out, I was somewhere out in Northwest. I was driving Lyft and. I drove past the neighborhood and I said, this is about to be gentrified. I don't know. I just got the feeling. I just, I did. I just got the feeling. And it was, oh man, yeah. And I drove some um, architects around today. I picked them up. I was driving Lyft and they, the first stop that they had was one of their buildings that they're designing uh, down uh, near the Navy Yard. Oh, wow. And they were just like, and I guess they hadn't been in the area for so long because one guy used to live here and he, and, and, well, they all, I guess, used to live here and um, they live in New York or something now. And they were just like, oh, yeah, man, look at this. This is all changed. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. This is all changed. And we were just driving around this building. And I thought I was dropping them off somewhere. But they were like, okay, that's it. Now we're going to Union Station. And I'm like, oh, that was your stop? They were like, yeah, we're the architects. We just wanted to drive by the building. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I want to be like, 
colonizers. But it is. <laughs> but I didn't. I just said, oh, okay. So now I know which building not to move into. No. Yeah. <laughs> but no, this has been educational. And um, there's just so much more to learn about wine. So, I mean, I'll link all of your socials and everything cool. on my um, Instagram. But, you know, thank you for listening, B-listers. Um, if you have questions, I'll link all of her stuff so that you can reach out to Trina and check on the scene and ask about wine and learn. And just don't be afraid to try. You're not bougie if you drink wine. Don't let yeah. anybody tell you that. You can be exactly unbougie and just drink wine. And, and just drink it. wine because it's it's good for you. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for chatting with me. Sure, I love it. Thank you for having me. Of course.